Life Unscripted. So grateful to have you here. We've worked together for years, but you're doing wonderful work as a pet advocate. I'm so grateful to have you out there. The abused animals need a voice and you're that voice and you work and have a company for natural pet treats, gladi goodies, and uh, share how you got into that whole movement of becoming a pet advocate and creating your company. Well, it came in two parts. Uh, since I was a kid, I loved animals and animals always seemed to love me. And I saw when I started working, I actually volunteered as a vet with a vet when I was in eighth grade. Wow. And I got to see, unfortunately, a lot of really uh, bad things. You know, you don't realize how much you is out there until you physically work with something like that. Mm -hmm. So that kind of opened up my eyes a lot. And then I started to see that, you know, these shelters are getting full of animals and they're just euthanizing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that I, I try to figure out what is the cause of that? Why are these animals there? And, you know, there's a lot of natural reasons why somebody would have it. You know, they lose their job. They can't stay at their home. You mm -hmm. know, some, things happen. Yeah. But I didn't realize at the time that there were no kill shelters. So I started to realize, you know, what, let's, let's maybe not worry so much about you know, mm. taking them to these kill shelters. And let's see what we can do to get them into a no-kill shelter. Mm. And I saw, believe it or not, I had a neighbor that used to abuse his dog really bad. Um, and I have seen some pretty horrible things along the way too. So I'm trying to make sure that people know what it takes to have a, to have a pet. You know, it, it's, a, it's a commitment. It's not just a couple of years. You're looking at least 10 years for most dogs yeah. uh, and cats. And cats can actually go for 15 to 20 easily. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, even a hamster, you're, 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 on, you're on the hook for five years. And, and tortoises and little, little turtles, 75. You know, so, I mean, when you, really, when you really think about it, these animals are finding themselves in these situations because we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. So I wanted to try to make sure that people understand that. Now, I started the business because I decided I, I got my dog uh, some treats from PetSmart, and they happened to be laced with, uh, with antifreeze. And it killed what? one of my dogs, and Gladdy, who did not die, she now has a very severe uh, pancreatitis. So we, have to, we cannot feed her anything, really, that's got anything more than 2% fat. It's got to it's be all natural, no chemicals, no nothing. And uh, no, no, no fillers, no byproducts. Yeah. And you can't really just find that in stores. And when you do, it's extremely expensive. So I worked with the vet to figure out what I needed. And I started making my own treats. And my dogs love them. She lost weight from them. And I figured, you know what? This might be something worth giving out to other people. You know, I made yeah. sure that they were homemade. So none of this kind of stuff can happen. I physically touch everything that goes into, into those products. Wow. Jason, this is phenomenal for me. And, you know, last year we had a guest on who was a vet and she shocked the heck out of me when she told me what was some in some of the dog treats and food. I was like, that's what we're giving our dog. And she said, don't be, don't be, um, uh, misunderstood though that when you get a $90 uh, dog food and it says that it's all natural, that doesn't mean there's no regulation. So you don't know really what's in there. Uh, yeah, and so she suggested that you slow cook for your dog on the weekend for the whole week and, and then just store it and just do a big pot of chicken or whatever. You can get the cheaper cuts or whatever and do, a, you know, and just put it out there. And I started doing that for Henry. He lost weight and boys, he loving his dinner and lunch. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I love that you did that. Now, why the heck would anyone decide, forget about, you know, maybe not checking and having the best cuts of meat, but why the heck would you put antifreeze in, in, in treats for a dog? I think, well, so there is a form of antifreeze. It's not the full floor full form of antifreeze mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what it does is it allows the moisture so it's a more it's got more malleability to the to the treat and mm -hmm. it lasts longer so it gives it moisture 
Whereas the full form of antifreeze can happen just from processing. You're, you're working with machines that are making these things. So, you know, they do leak. They do have other problems. Every machine has to cool. And it's usually cooled through antifreeze. Uh-huh. So, you know, even, even the FDA allows one tablespoon of antifreeze for human consumption. So that's a lot. Yeah. You know, and this is what I'm saying. If the FDA says it's good, I don't, I don't buy it. That's the bare minimum, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, that's, that's, that to me is pretty terrible. Yeah. So, you know, this is where this, is where this type of stuff happens and it can happen mm-hmm. easily. You know, I also don't like the fact that there are byproducts. Have you ever read the definition of what a byproduct is? No. It is disgusting. It's everything that we won't eat. It's the intestines, the eyes, the brains, the, the, um, you know, the, the worst part of the meat and everything else. It's, it's what we will not eat. Yeah. And I'm like, and we're going to, Give that to our pets. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, you know, the, when I I got some stuff from the vet, and it was actually a a uh, it was um, I can't remember the the brand of it, but it was it was a, a medicated food to help them lose weight. It's all byproducts. I'm like, that's disgusting. How is that healthier for my dog than just getting a, a, a chunk of chicken, boiling yeah. it up, and giving it to him? Exactly. Exactly. Now, tell me what you've learned becoming a pet advocate as far as people going to the pound, getting pets, not being aware of their responsibility, what they're getting into. What have you learned in that respect? And what are some of the biggest mistakes people are making out there with getting an animal? Well, first of all, you got you to look at your own situation. You know, sometimes people want big dogs, but they have a 600 square foot apartment. You know, you got to realize these dogs are big dogs and they're going to take up a lot of room. So you got to look at your living environment. You also got to live it, look at your living lifestyle. Do you travel a lot? Do you, um, are you home? Do you work a lot? Do you work long hours? Are, are you home most of the time? You know, these are the things that you need to consider when you're buying a dog or cat or any type of animal. You also got to learn, you got to look at your own budget because there's a lot of expenses that come with it. Food for a, a big dog can run you 60 to $70 a week. You know, and, and that's looking at a 50-pound bag of, of kibble that can probably last you about a week, maybe a week and a half. Mm-hmm. You've got moist cans, too, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You also got to look at the vet. You know, it, it costs more to take a big dog to a vet than a smaller dog or cat. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have to look at the yearly shots. Cats and dogs both need yearly shots the, 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 for heartworms, at least. Mm-hmm. So you got to give them heartworm medicine. That heartworm medicine is a monthly expense. Uh, then you have to have them checked every year. I mean, my dogs cost me about two two twenty five to two fifty per dog per mm-hmm. year, wow. and that's just to get the the general the general um, vaccinations and stuff. So those are the things you got to take into consideration yeah. uh, before you buy one. And also, your personality has to match with the dog. You know, it's okay to go shopping for dogs and not buy one on the first shot. You know, or cat. You know, you got to make sure that they that their personality matches with you because if they come home, they don't agree with you. Guess what? Yeah. It dogs going back to the pound, yeah. you know, and also if you do have a situation where, where, where things can change, you got to have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. So let's just say, you know, you lose your job and you can't, and you got to move into a house or an apartment where they don't accept animals that happens, but as opposed to taking it to the local, local pound where they euthanize these dogs. And sometimes after 14, 14 days or less, the dog's gone, mm. take them to a no kill shelter. There's lots of no kill shelters and, and rescues in your neighborhood. You just probably don't realize it. So look it up on the internet. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of different things that you can do to protect mm-hmm. these animals from being euthanized. And it's not their fault. Even no. if they're aggressive, it's not necessarily their fault. No. And if you are buying a rescue, you've got to realize that they may not mingle correctly with you. My, 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 uh, Bichon that I had, her name was Allie. That's the one that passed away from, from the antifreeze. Um, 
she, when I, when we got her, she was so abused because she was in a puppy mill and all the dogs that, that the puppies that you buy at these stores come from puppy mill dogs. Mm. My dog had a four foot by two foot run, never got to see any human, uh, you know, compassion. The mm. only time she t- was touched by humans was when they pulled her out to breed her or mm. when they uh, had to clean her cage. Mm. Uh, she could contort herself in all kinds of different places. Mm. And they said, you know, there's a good chance that she will never cuddle. She will never play with toys. She will never, um, you know, give you kisses or anything like that. So yeah. if you're expecting something like that with rescue dogs, that may not happen. Yeah. Now it took us two years, but she really did come around and it was really good because she started snuggling before she passed away. Oh. Uh, she was, she, she was rehabilitated, but it took time. It yeah. took about two and a half years before she really truly warmed up to us. Yeah. But you know what? It's worth, it's worth it. If you, you if you have that patience, yeah. you know, and also you got to watch out if you have kids too and other animals because just because they mix with you that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to mix with the with the kids yeah. or other animals in your home. So, yeah. you know, you work on that. You made some good points there. When I went to ASPCA, the one thing they asked me when I went to look for a dog is they're like, do you have any other dogs? If you do, we suggest you bring them in uh, in this process so that we could, they have a little area where you can sit with the dog and all of you and the family could get to meet the new dog or cat. And and that way, now it's a very short period because they're only there for five minutes or whatever, but at least you can get a feel of how everyone in the family connects with the animal. And see, the first time I went, I was looking for a smaller dog because I'm in a small studio and you made that point that depending on your lifestyle look uh to get you know you can't get a german shepherd in a studio apartment the poor shepherd will lose his mind um so we we were already looking for hyperallergenic we're for or a small dog so every week we would go and and it's funny we'd see it online we'd run down there up they just left because they they were the ones that really go quickly in in new york because everyone has apartments um but one day i went down with my husband we saw a beautiful baby pit bull ariel uh gray with pink little ears i'm like oh let's get him and my 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 husband's like heck no that's going to turn into a huge dog that is not going to work and not only that you have to think about not only personality but that's a strong dog that takes a strong person that can handle that type of dog so even if the personality meshes with you you got to be able to handle that dog on the street and realize not let him get loose or you know attack someone by accident or have any problems so there's a lot to think about Absolutely. And you know, the other big uh, thing that we don't think about is insurance and liability. There are some dogs that you cannot have, or if you do have it, your insurance goes up and you have to have special insurance for them. Pitbulls are one of them, Rottweilers, Mm -hmm. uh, Doberman Pinschers, and um, German Shepherds because they're more of an aggressive breed. That Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that the dog is going to be aggressive that you have. Mm -hmm. It's all how you treat them. But generally, those are the dogs that seem to to be more aggressive Mm -hmm. and therefore you have a bigger liability as a homeowner. Yeah. So well, if, if, if anything, I, I've known a couple of pit bulls and they're just very strong animals. Yes. They're very muscular. So for one, not only will they clean you out of your uh, refrigerator, if you, yes. <laughs> especially if you feed them natural food, um, but you know, they are stronger. And if you're a kind of weak person, not that strong to hold the leash, that, that could be a problem. So there's a lot of things to think about. But now that you started your company, uh, how has it been coming along and, and, uh, and what is your biggest lessons you've learned in growing this business? Well, that's a lot of different things. And, um, you know, it, it has been a struggle. I mean, no business is easy to start up with. And, and it's, I'm trying to start it out online. So the biggest thing that I've been trying to overcome is marketing. Mm. Marketing's tough, yeah. you know, and you got to be able to get out there. I mean, you can have the best website, the best product, whatever. But if nobody knows that you're there, you're simply in a, a deserted island. 
you know, and, and nobody knows that nobody knows that you exist. Mm -hmm. So it's been, it's been a challenge trying to find ways of, uh, and getting creative ways of getting people to come to the website and purchase it through there. But yeah. one of the best ways that I, that I learned how to do this is use alternative places as well. You know, it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of, uh, of, uh, mm -hmm. I get, I, I don't know. I, for lack of, for the lack of the word, I guess it would be uh, trust. Yeah. You know, Sometimes people don't want to just put their credit cards in on, on websites that they don't trust, especially if they're, if they look like they're brand new mm -hmm. and not established. So, um, I try to create ways that they could buy the stuff easy. And that one, one of those ways was through Amazon and the other was through Etsy, but I have them all tracked through my website and, and I try to give them newsletters and everything else when it, when I sell stuff on there. So they know what's going on with my, with my shop. Yeah. But, I also wanted to diversify my shop as well. So, you know, people can pick up, you know, bowls, leashes, collars, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever they need in, mm -hmm. in order to also help their, their animal along as well. So, you know, I wanted to make it more diverse. So it's not just treats. Absolutely. And I'm hoping that builds trust as well as, as we grow. Mm -hmm. Now, absolutely. What I think is great. Uh, have you formed partnerships with other animal companies like veterinarians and um, pet areas, many pet spas that could actually carry your goods? Working on that, um, a lot of the a lot of the vets around here uh, that I've noticed either work with one supplier and that's it because they get kickbacks from it. So that's a little bit tougher. I thought it was going to be easier to do that, and I've learned that along the way. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. No. Um, but also, you can't just kind of jump into a big chain like PetSmart or uh, Chewy because they want millions and millions of bags at one time mm. because they got to be able to ship it on on the, the on a a whim's notice. And if, if my thing's jiggling here, Gladys is trying to get in on this. So okay. I, I, I apologize. She's knocking my arm a little bit. Um, anyways, uh, there is a, uh, there, there are ways to get around that. And I'm trying to actually look for natural health food stores because, hmm. you know, it is a naturally healthy thing. And sometimes when you go in there, you forget about your animal. So if they have enough, uh, the ability to buy something for their animal there with the same standards and qualifications, I think that's a great place too. But the hardest part is trying to find businesses that are independently owned and like a mob pasta store, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, there's a, there's a store down here. I didn't realize it was part of a big corporation that, mm. that's around the world, but yeah. it says independently owned and operate, but uh. they can't necessarily buy something off the street. Uh. So yeah, you know, I'm learning that along the way yeah. and it's fun. You know, I get, I, yeah. I, I get a lot of no's, I get a lot of yeses and stuff like that too, but that's probably the hardest thing is finding out how they're structured because that's going to matter how I get my stuff in here. But that's a good point. And I love that you say you get a lot of no's, I get a lot of yeses. I think that's one lesson I've learned in business is that it's you don't stop. You just get back up and you say, okay, that didn't work. What next? And it's, it's an ongoing learning process. It's not like, boom, you just get it. And I think that's one thing that people don't realize. I know I didn't realize when I got started. You think, hey, this is pretty easy. I got a great idea. People need it. The market needs yeah. it boom, it's going to be successful. And it really is, it's just a process, just staying on track and just keeping focus to your, your goal. And I think it's fun too, to learn from those mistakes as well. Yeah. You, you learn, you, you get a no and it's like, why did I get that? No. And exactly. if you can't sit there and, and analyze that and learn from it, then you're not going to be very successful. You exactly. know, I mean, it, people give up too easily, I think. And, you know, they get really, um, blown out expectations of what it, they really think is going to happen. And when it doesn't happen, they give up. Yes. And this is where we got to take those, those lessons, learn from them, grow from them and, 
it keeps you, it keeps you active. And that's what I like about it. I mean, I'm constantly thinking, I mean, I go to bed at nighttime, you know, 12 o'clock, I'm, I, I could barely keep my eyes open. As soon as my head hits that pillow, here comes all these crazy ideas of stuff that I could put out there. Mm-hmm. But I also realize I can't do every single solitary idea that I want. Mm-hmm. Because if you do, you're so stretched out that it's yeah. not, it's not functional. So what, what you got to do is look at the ones that make the most sense and then try to work them into your product or, or your business plan or whatever it may be yeah. and try them. And if they don't work, they don't work, you know, go move on to on. the next idea. Yeah. Move on. You got to constantly evolve. That's the thing about business is you got to constantly evolve. Yeah. And th- that's a great point It's the evolution the constantly pause, reset and, and then go again. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, this has been fascinating. I hope it gets everyone thinking if anyone out there is thinking I want to get a dog for maybe an upcoming gift, birthday, Christmas, Thanksgiving, or, or just like, Hey, the, my, my kids would love a dog, but you know, thinking about the overall responsibility for everyone in the house, does everyone really want it? Cause if mom's not there, uh, Joey's going to have to walk them, you know, so really getting everyone involved in, in the process. And I, I think it's really good that you came out here to share that with everyone so that we don't have any more abuse or, or animal sent to pounds. Uh, I want you to let everyone know, though, where they can find out how they can get awesome treats from Gladdy Goodies. How can they do that? Absolutely. It's, uh, you can go to www.gladdysgoodies.com, G-L-A-D-D-Y-S goodies.com. And uh, you can buy anything there. That's the full store. And if you want just the treats or something like that, you want to try it on Etsy or, or Amazon, it's there too. Uh, there are links on my website to both of those. So you can find it there. You don't have to go searching through their search engine. And um, any anything else, anybody can always call me, email me if they have a specific request or something like that. So if they can't find something on the store, let me know. I might be able to find it. I got a lot of suppliers and all my treats are handmade here by me. With and I, I scrutinize the products extremely strong because, like I said, look, the one you just saw here, she's sick. So yeah. I have to. I give her the same stuff that I give at all my all my uh, my products. So yeah. if she can't eat it because it's not the right type of ingredient, I, it will not be in my it will not be in my treats. Yeah, and if they want to email you, how can they do that? Gladdiesgoodies.com. Uh, that's my website. Gladdiesgoodies at gmail.com. Awesome. <laughs> well, Jason, I just have to thank you again for the wonderful work you're doing to help animals out there and for coming today to Savvy Broadcasting to share your great gift. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you.